I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 24th Sunday after Trinity, the 25th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the teaching season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity. The collect, epistle, and gospel readings for 24th Sunday after Trinity and why they are not read in years when Easter is late are discussed in Episode 9. The Epistle reading for 24th Sunday after Trinity, Colossians 1, verses 3 to 12, is a fitting tribute to the sufferings and teachings of the Blessed Apostle Paul. It is a very suitable reading for the final days of Trinity season and the transition to the penitential season of Advent in which the Church prepares to celebrate both the Incarnation and the prospect of His Second Coming. In the reading, St. Paul offers timeless advice to those he brought to the church among the community at Colossae to continue their faith filled with wisdom and, quote, spiritual understanding, unquote, in all their remaining days, however many they might be, and to, quote, walk worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, unquote. He assures them to be patient and joyful in the expectation of the promise of the inheritance of life everlasting in the kingdom of the Father. And so should all faithful Christians in all their days until he is coming again. The Gospel reading for 24th Sunday after Trinity, Matthew 9, verses 18 to 26, is commonly called Raising the Daughter of Jairus. To provide a proper context, I have added additional material from the companion accounts of the incident in Luke 8, verses 40 to 46, and Mark 5, verses 22 to 24. While the common name of this reading only mentions the daughter of Jairus, there actually were two persons healed on that occasion. Neither the gospel itself nor any known historical document of the first century, whether Christian or Hebrew, gives a name to the 12-year-old girl, and neither St. Matthew nor St. Mark mention the name of the girl's father. We know the name Jairus only from St. Luke's account. Jairus was the head of a synagogue in the region of the Gadarenes, east of the Sea of Galilee, in the area now known as the Golan Heights, 
and which in the first century was a predominantly Gentile area. From St. Luke's version, we know that Jairus had been told that his daughter was dead. We also know that the disciples told him not to bother Jesus. We also know that Jairus called Jesus by the honored title of rabbi, which means teacher. We have to assume that Jairus had heard the stories about Jesus' healing of those troubled by demons or unclean spirits in the same region. St. Luke's account of such effects is found in Luke 8, 26-39, immediately before the account of the raising of the daughter of Jairus. Still, he had hope that the man Jesus of Nazareth could help his daughter. Ignoring the cautions not to bother Jesus, Jairus sought him out, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. This account implies that Jairus had heard of Jesus' healings of the multitudes in Galilee, of a paralytic and a leper, and of the mother-in-law of St. Peter, and also of the centurion's servant. Jesus went to Jairus' home, and without even entering the child's room, announced that the girl was not dead, but only sleeping. This demonstration of divine power was skeptically received by the musician playing a flute and other hangers-on packed into the house. These doubters ridiculed Jesus' assertion about the girl, but he drove them away and entered the girl's room. A circa 1930 A.D. stained-glass window of the event by the renowned firm of Mayor of Munich at St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, Richmond, Virginia, shows a young girl with yellow hair dressed in a white and green gown reclining on a bed surrounded by Jesus, by Jairus, at right, hands clasped in an anxious if not prayerful position, and the girl's mother kneeling at her bedside in the right foreground. Owing to limitations of space, the window does not show St. Peter, St. John, and his brother, St. James, whom St. Luke tells us were present in the room. Jesus took the girl's hand, and in Aramaic, the language spoken in that region by Jews and non-Jews said, Talitha kumi, or little girl, arise. The girl did indeed rise. Both St. Mark and St. Luke tell us that this produced great, quote, astonishment, unquote. St. Luke reveals that Jesus asked Jairus to tell no one what happened in verse 56. From St. Luke and St. Matthew, we know that word of this event, the second sign, commonly called miracle done by Jesus, quickly spread throughout the region of the Gadarenes. On the scene, a compassionate Jesus instructed the parents to get the girl something to eat. The focus on the raising of the daughter of Jairus from what had been assumed was her deathbed was not the only important event that happened at the house of Jairus. On the way into the house of Jairus, Jesus was touched on the hem of his garment by a woman with a serious blood disorder of which she had suffered for twelve years. At that time, such bleeding was considered a sign of being unclean or defiled, which required ritual purification. The unnamed woman's faith in Jesus was so strong that she was convinced that by merely touching the hem of his garment, she could be healed. St. Luke recounts that Jesus sensed the woman's touch, saying in verse 45, I perceive power going out from me. Both the raising of the daughter of Jairus and the healing of the woman with the blood disorder 
reveals that Jesus had the same divine power as his father. Luke tells us that the woman with a blood disorder was healed immediately, verse 47, and that Jesus said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for 24th Sunday after Trinity are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. First, the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, presented in multiple episodes in two series. From the first series, St. Paul is the focus of episode 5, St. Mark of episode 7, St. Matthew of episode 14, St. Luke of episode 15. From the second series, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. Episodes in our Seasonal and Christian Education video series are linked from the digital library page. Episodes in Bible study videos are linked from the Bible study New Testament pages. Podcast versions of all three are linked from the podcast archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, St. Matthew's account of the raising of the daughter of Jairus is discussed in chapter 9. St. Mark's version of the same event is discussed in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated. And St. Luke's version is discussed in chapter 8 in the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated. Illustrations include a 19th century watercolor by James Tissot in the Matthew volume, a 20th century stained glass window in both the Luke and Mark volumes, and in the Mark volume, a rarely seen circa 1140 A.D. illumination in temper and gold on parchment, from the Pericope Book of St. Trude at Salzburg. From Layman's Lexicon, items of interest are faith, godly, and kingdom. From Paintings on Light, the stained glass windows of St. Joseph's Villa Chapel, the mayor of Munich's stained glass window of the raising of the daughter of Jairus is featured on page 28. From Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity, The first closing prayer is part of Third Hour, found on pages 95 to 100. All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly from my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. The first of two closing prayers for 24th Sunday after Trinity is from a 5th or 6th century Eastern Church Daybreak Office. The second is the Collect for 24th Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Leonine Sacramentary as it was used in England before the separation from Rome. And now the first prayer from the Eastern tradition. 
We give thee hearty thanks, O Heavenly Father, for the rest of the last night and for the gift of a new day with its opportunities for pleasing thee. Grant that we may pass its hours in the perfect freedom of thy service, that at the evening hour we may again give thanks unto thee through Jesus Christ our Lord, who with thee and thy all-holy and life-giving Spirit reign one God, world without end. Amen. And now the Collect. O Lord, we beseech thee, absolve thy people from their offenses, that through thy bountiful goodness we may all be delivered from the bands of those sins which by our frailty we have committed. Grant this, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.